Hi everyone, I'm Mario Salinas. Welcome to Wisdom's Echo, Origin Gates Daily Podcast. We are so thrilled to bring to you today the insight of the day and excited to know that this is going out at this point to over 60 countries in the world, more than 13,000 people a day having access to our podcasts and listening to them. So bless you in all the nations that this is going to, in all the households that this is being aired right now. May there be blessing that's tangible and manifested in your life as a result of engaging with what we're releasing in this season. There's been some amazing teachings and awesome principles laid out. And for my uh, podcasts, I've chosen to tell a story and give a principle or two out of that story every time it's my turn. And today I'd like to bring you to Florida where a newlywed couple, Danielle and her husband, Marios, the two of us, uh, we're on our way out of the state, actually, on our way to the airport. And if you can just get this picture, we were in an economy-sized rental vehicle. We were fast approaching a toll booth. So a couple of miles before the toll booth, there was a sign saying uh, toll approaching the cost of the toll, which was, I think, $2.00 or something like that, a very small amount. And uh, I was driving, Danielle's feet were up on the dash, her flip-flops were on the floor, and her head was leaned back into the uh, headrest of her seat. And But she was by no means relaxing, and neither was I, because we were approaching the toll booth where the toll was um, just a few bucks, maybe two, maybe a little more, I don't remember the exact amount, but we didn't have it. I don't know if you've ever... Uh, approached a toll booth and you didn't have the cash to pay. I know that now we can use cards or you can get uh, billed by mail, but back in those days, you either had it or you didn't have it. And we had never been in a situation where we were approaching a toll booth and didn't have the cash. The problem was not just that we didn't have the money to pay the toll that would free us to get off that highway and get to the airport where we would return home. The problem was we had spent all our money and this was our honeymoon. And the reason we had spent all our money is because we had made some really bad choices. And I don't know if you've ever been broke. It's not a good feeling at all to not have uh, money, to not have resources, to not have any assets to fall back on. And especially if you're far away from home, but to be broke because it's 100% your fault is an even worse feeling than being broke. And that was the case with us because we had gone on our honeymoon and on day one of staying at this very fancy resort that we had booked months before to go to, our honeymoon was a few months after we got married because we had some obligations in the church that we were serving. So a few months after our marriage, we were able to go on our honeymoon We had booked this really fancy resort, which was a timeshare that a friend had helped us get. And this was so amazing in such an idyllic environment for a honeymoon. We uh, were invited to a presentation of uh, of the resort's uh, timeshares. We didn't know better at that stage in our lives because we were young and we were inexperienced and immature. And we sat in the presentation and they offered us a hundred Disney dollars because we were in Orlando, Florida, near Disney World, if we would just sit through this. So we got a hundred Disney dollars each, sat through the presentation, and sure enough, after the presentation, after a magnificent sales pitch by the guy that was doing the presentation, we signed on the dotted line and bought a timeshare. 
which was a really bad idea because we used the last of our savings to put down as a down payment and then we had monthly payments of something like $250 a month for the next many years. So we had used the last of our cash, we had used, uh, we had leveraged ourselves into debt for something that would not produce for us. It was a really bad business decision as a household, it was a bad business decision no matter how you cut it and we found ourselves broke heading towards the toll booth without enough money to pay the toll. When we got to the window, I begged the lady at the at the desk there if, if she would let us through. I explained to her, we're, we're newlyweds, this is our honeymoon, we made a really big mistake, we used our last cash, we don't have any way to pay the toll, would you give us uh, a break? And she did, she was very gracious and said, go ahead and, and take it easy. So we went to the airport, we were hungry, but we didn't have enough money to buy anything to eat and we were just hoping for the peanuts on, on the flight, which back then, before COVID days, you could get peanuts. Uh, <laughs> and so we, um, we, uh, we ate the peanuts on the flight and we got back to what ended up being many years of indebtedness, actually four years of miserable years of debt, not just that debt, but other debt that we had incurred and other mistakes that we had made financially. And it wasn't until the end of the 1990s, basically 2000, that we were able to eliminate all of our credit card debts and then able to eliminate that particular debt to the timeshare and sell the timeshare. And then we were able to start turning around. Over the last few years, I have spent a lot of time teaching about uh, kingdom finance and about matters pertaining to wealth building, wealth acquisition, wealth distribution, the significance of wealth. In a recent teaching that I posted on my site and is available, it's called Riches. I talk about the significance of wealth and the reason why we should not only be just okay with having riches, but also we should be pursuing them because there is a part of the Abrahamic covenant and the fulfillment thereof by Yahweh that hinges on the sons using the power that he gives us to create wealth to do just so. And so I've spent a lot of time teaching about uh, matters of wealth. I've taught about gold in a teaching called Pure Gold. I've taught about how to establish systems of financial stewardship through a series called Ruling Cities. I talked about Solomon and how he established systems of governance of finance in Israel, bringing Israel to the pinnacle of its significance financially and geopolitically in the world through these sound financial systems he established. And that series is called Solomon Academy. And the reason I'm telling you all this is I've spent the last few years focusing a lot on kingdom finance. But in the 90s, I was the least qualified person to ever speak about this subject because I was in a mess and I needed the teachings that I'm now releasing. I needed the things that I'm now making available to the body of Christ to help bring sons into maturity in these areas. But it didn't start that way. But something happened on that day as we were crossing that checkpoint without the cash to pay for the toll and were begging to be released from the responsibility of paying the toll, something locked inside of me and something was established in me that changed everything. And it was this desire to make our weakest attribute, if you would, and our, and our, and our weakness make it our strength to actually be diligent to apply ourselves 
to wisdom and to knowledge and understanding, to discipline and to structure and to whatever it would take to overturn the tables on that condition in our souls and in our lives where we found ourselves broke and in trouble financially. And it took time. This wasn't something that we got laid, you know, we got hands laid on us and somebody prayed some prayer in tongues and then we were all set. This was a process and it took a lot of prayer and it took a lot of counsel. And I, I sought out individuals that were successful in the area of finance and I even paid them to spend time with me and to talk to me when I didn't really have the money. And I listened to tapes and I got books and I applied myself and Danielle as well to learn these things. And most of all, we dug into the word and we started to look into the, the parables of the sower, the parables of the minas, the parables of the talents to understand what was at work here regarding stewardship. And this is really not a podcast about stewardship, but this is a podcast about encouraging you and me, encouraging us to, to take charge of every area of our lives and especially the areas where we have weaknesses, the areas where we have exploitable weaknesses that will be exploited against us if we do not check those areas and we do not watch over those areas and we do not believe the truth that through Christ we can do anything. And that God will work all things for the good of those who love Him and are the called according to His purpose. And I'm telling you, as sure as I'm, I'm sitting here releasing this podcast to the nations, I have seen a transformation in our lives that has been nothing short of remarkable. There were a few miracles of provision here and there, but for the most part, it has been a process. It has been applying ourselves to the principles of the kingdom and aligning ourselves with individuals like the ones I'm partnering with in Origin Gate, like Grant Mahoney and Ian Clayton and their households, and also many of the others that are giving content here on these podcasts like Lindy Masters and Stevie McKee and various of the, of the other speakers. We are all understanding kingdom finance in a certain way, and we're aligning ourselves and posturing ourselves to be givers, to be sowers, to be those who understand the significance and responsibility of being those who create wealth to be a blessing to the nations. Because remember, the Abrahamic covenant does not end with Abraham. But God said to him, through you, Abraham, all the families of the earth will be blessed. And of course, in the kingdom of Solomon, we see that very principle at work when Solomon is able to leverage the blessing that has come to him in Israel and to send the queens of Sheba, if you would, not just her, but those who would come from the nations. He's able to send them back like he did her with more than what they brought to him. And so there is a responsibility and a mandate on our lives to take financial stewardship very seriously. And I spent a lot of time, I've dedicated much of my life now in my ministry to equipping and empowering the sons in these areas. But all of it began with a determination when I was at my weakest point, when I didn't have $2 to pay the toll. There was a determination on that day that I will apply my life to make my greatest weakness my greatest strength. And I don't know if financial stewardship is my greatest strength, but it's a much greater uh, area of my life in terms of strength than it was uh, when we got married in 1996. And so I want to encourage you to not be 
to not accept your weaknesses, no matter what they may be, whether it be in the area of finance or relationships or marriage or child raising or anything to do with ministry, if you have any weaknesses that are noticeable, that are, that are holding you back, that are frustrating you, that are noticeable by others and others speak to them, if you have any such weaknesses, bring them before Yahweh and present them to the Lord and believe with me that He can turn your greatest weakness into your greatest strength. <clears throat> because that is the kind of God that He is. That is the Father that we have. He is able to turn the tables in our favor. And so I encourage you to, to approach those things, to not run away from them, to not even for one moment accept that that is your reality and speak to that and to say, this is how I am and this is how it's going to be. I'm just never going to have money. I'm just never going to prosper. I'm just never going to have good relationships. I don't do well with friendships. Don't speak those things over your life because you will frame the reality that you will be living in. Frame a different reality and begin to speak what is true about your life according to the word and say, I will be a prosperous individual. I will be a son who manifests the blessing of Yahweh in his life and only not only in my life, but also through my life, the nations will be blessed. Speak and declare the word of the Lord that you are the head and not the tail above and not beneath. Lenders to all nations and borrowers from none. Come on, that Deuteronomy 28 blessing applies to you today and to your household and to your nation that you find yourself. If there is a mess in the economy and the finance of your nation when this is being aired right now, I believe that you can make a declaration that turns the tide. Yes, even you can make a declaration that turns the tide. Begin to frame a different reality than what you see around you. God called Abraham and made a promise to him and a covenant with him. And then Abraham went into a famine. And he made the same promise to Isaac. And then Isaac went into a famine. And yet the word of the Lord and the promise of the Lord prevailed in their lives in spite of their circumstances. May it be the same way for us. If you believe, all things are possible for him who believes. I bless you today and I encourage you to advance and to be empowered to strengthen every area of your life by the power of God that works in you by the Holy Spirit. I honor the Holy Spirit for His work in our lives in this season on the earth. I honor the Father, I honor the Son, and all the counselors out of heaven that tutor us and mentor us in the things of the kingdom. And I bless you today to prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. Shalom.